Well, we know that gifts, you know, when it comes to Christmas, gifts, it's not about the gifts. And the reason for the season, we know, is, is Jesus. But you got to admit, gifts are pretty cool, aren't they? Uh, kids, the kids are in here today. Aren't the gifts cool? I bet they're just pumped. So here's a, que- here's a question I have for you. Um, what is the coolest gift that you've ever received? Just, just think about that as we, as we go here. Yeah, I, I've, I was thinking about that early on this week, and I, I came up with some of my, the coolest gifts. My, one of the coolest gifts I've ever seen, received was my, my first BMX bike. This is 1979, right here, Mongoose. Okay, red line. That was, that was the bike back in the day right there. Except mine wasn't a mongoose. Mine was a smoker, and I could not find an image of a smoker. I think my grandparents got it at uh, Kmart at the Blue Light Special, okay? But it looked a lot like that right there, okay? Uh, so we, ro- we would ride that. We had a gang. We had gangs around here, you know. We, and we, you know, I'm seeing them today, and they're riding wheelies down the middle of the road. Have you seen those guys? They're doing the same thing now. That, that was one. Here's the next one. Dude. The first football digital game right there. I love that. I wish I would have kept that. wish I would have kept that. All right, it's gone. Let's go to the next one here. My first, okay, this was my first album, okay? My first album I ever bought was Disco Duck. And I looked at the, I looked at the set list on it. Not appropriate from when I bought that. Not appropriate. <laughs> that 79 stuff is weird, man. Weird, Okay. So these are all fun gifts. You know, you're probably your favorite gifts are going to be when you're a kid. But when you get older, you get more practical. It's stuff like this right here. Okay? So <laughs> I know it's gross. It's gross. But it is super practical, man, when you get older. Super practical. All right. I share that with you guys. I share that with you to have some fun. But also to kind of get our hearts and minds on what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at the greatest gift that, that God ever gave us. God gave us uh, His Son, Jesus Christ, and, and that's what we're going to look at today. And, and so if you have your Bibles, turn with me uh, to John 3.16, and some of you won't need to even have to turn there. You, you'll, you memorize this verse, you know. Uh, but John 3.16, this is what Jesus said, for this is how God loved the world. And let me just start this. This is going to be a, a simple gospel presentation. Okay, I'll just up front with you. It's going to be a simple gospel presentation. And, and you know what? And I, I, I want to do this. We should never get away from not sharing the gospel every once in a while. It doesn't have to be, I mean, it can be every Sunday for some churches, but I, I, tell, you, I tell you what, I went to this church, this, when I, this was a Lutheran church, and, and I'm, not, I'm not capping on, these guys, on my, my old church. But I just don't ever remember hearing the gospel. All the way up until I was in college. Now, I know I was pretty squirrely as a kid and, and hyper and probably wasn't listening anyways, but I just don't, I just don't remember. And so I, I just, it's my heart for LifePoint to always have the gospel, the greatest message ever told, the greatest gift God ever gave us was his son. We want to always have that at the forefront. Of, of, our, of any church. John 3.16, for this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. 
We'll read one more time. For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. I want to look at three, three questions this morning. From, our, from this verse, three kind of important questions. The first question is this. Why does God love us? Why does God love you? I know he, he, unconditional love, He chooses to love us, but why does, why does he, he, he love us? Why does He love you? John 3.16, for God so loved the world. And little ones in here, it's not talking about the globe there. He's talking about us as mankind. Why, why does God love us? Why does God love you and me? Well, we find the answer in Genesis, the first book of the Bible in Genesis 1, 26 and, and, and 27. And, and it's really neat. I got a chance as I was looking through Genesis this week and when, God's, when, when He's creating things, He says, let there be, let there be light. And then He says, later on, He says, let there be the lights. And, and there's this language of let there be. And then when He gets to this, this part, when He gets to us, the crown of His creation, the, the words change. And it's, it's more intimate. It's more like he's, he's expecting and excited it's more intimate, and it says, it says this in Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image and likeness. And let them rule over the fish in the sea and, over, and the birds in the sky and over the tame animals, over all the earth and over all the small crawling animals on the earth. So God created human beings in His image. In the image of God, He created them. He created them male and female. In the image of God, okay, why does God love us? Because we are, we're image bearers. Uh, we, are the, we are the crown of His creation. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do in the future, I'm going to do a deep dive into the, what, that, what that means to be created in the image of God. But I found a great definition for us this morning. And I got this from gotquestions.org, and it's a great Bible resource. If you, ever, if, if you ever got a question about the Bible, go to gotquestions.org. But check this out. I, I really like what they said here. Because what does that mean? It's so vague, kind of little image of God. What, is, what does that mean? Having God's image says this. Having God's image means that we are fashioned to resemble and represent God on the earth. Some Christians like to say that we are imagers of God or our, our likeness with God is not a physical, physical resemblance. Instead, God's likeness denotes our capacity to rule over creation and to be in relationship with God and other humans and to exercise reason, intelligence, speech, moral consciousness, creativity, rationality, and choice. Since the beginning of time, and I like this, really like this part, God has desired to bless us and enjoy close fellowship with us. And for this reason, He made us like Himself. I, I love that part. He made us like, in, we're in, created in the image of God because He desires relationship with us. He loves us. And so God, why, did, why, did, why, did God, why does God love us? Because you bear the image, you're created in the image of God. That's why life, the sanctity of life, even that little one in the womb is an image bearer. We are the crown of His creation. James 1.18, now in context here, this, is, this, is for, this was written to believers. So when you become 
when you become a Christian, when you become a believer, look what it says in James 1.18. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. Here, this, was hit, this hit my heart this week. And I really want, I knew that the young people, the kid, young people were going to be in the service, the kids were going to be in the service, and I just really want them to get this. I, I, I just hope that they understand that they are, when, they, when they, their faith is in Jesus, who they are in Christ, that they are, they are His prized possession. And I thought about this, as in a, I was thinking about all the, we got a lot of athletes, you know, coaches and athletes in here. And I, and I thought about, man, if, if you can get this, you athletes in here, if you could get that you, you are God's prized possession. You know, you got so much to worry about. You got, you got your coach you got to be thinking about. You got your teammates. You got your own expectations you put on yourself. But if you can get this, that who you are in Christ, that God has loved you and always loved you, that you are God's prized possession, that's going to help you when you're on that free throw line, okay? And you got to win the game. You, got, you have to win when it's all put on your shoulders. You can sit there at that free throw line and go, oh, you know what? I'm scared to death but I'm his prized possession. I'm his prized possession, and you can drain it. That was the opposite of what happened to me when I was in high school. And uh, I caved under the pressure. I had the chance to win the game. And I airballed it. So, <laughs> and it, when you airball, it just gives it to the other team. We lost. I, I still haven't let go of that all these years, man. <laughs> But that's why I'm passionate about it. And even adults, man, you know, if you're your prize, you are his prized possession, man. Man, just let, let, let relax in that. Okay, so first question, why, do, why does God love us? It leads to the second, second question. Why did God need to give us his one and only son? John 3, 16 again, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son. I, I really love the lights this year. Love the lights. Downtown, over here at the park uh, next to the Cowboy Museum. Wow, I've never seen anything like that in Oakdale. It's almost like traditional small-town Christmas, you know, uh, town square kind of thing with the, with the lights lit up. With the, they even put a star, man. That, I mean, that's pretty cool. Oh, all right. Kelgard? Okay, all right. She's not here today, we got, but we'll let her know. Uh, but... You know what? That the lights. I, I, I love Atlas Atlas uh, Atlas uh, Court. Uh, it's out where I live now, and and just lit it up, man. Uh, put my wife and I put more lights on the house than we ever have. Just love the lights, love the lights. But there's a dark side to the, to Christmas too. There's a there is a dark side that people kind of want a memory hole or kind of not really want to talk about. Especially the world doesn't want to talk about it. But, the dark, but there's the dark side, and it's this, is why did Jesus have to come? And so before we go there, before we go there, I think it's important for us to know God's original heart and design. Why did Jesus have to come? I think it's important to start out looking at why uh, God's original design, his heart. And looking at Genesis, we clearly see God's original design was perfection. God's uh, uh, God perfect, that's a given, but perfect people, Adam and Eve, with free will, they were not robots. 
perfect environment. At least the garden was, was perfect and, and, and a perfect fellowship, no sin. There was only one rule. Genesis 2, 16 and 17 says this, But the Lord God warned him, You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And if you eat this fruit, you are sure to die. And what happened? Adam and Eve uh, tempted. They sinned and went and ate the fruit. They, they went their own way. And sin entered the world. And that's a, that, that caused a major problem. Genesis chapter 3 on. Sin entered the world and, and it, it's affected, infected us all. And the Bible's very clear about this. Romans 5.12 says this, When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone for everyone's sin. Romans 3.23, for everyone has sinned and, and falls short of God's glorious standard. And God's glorious standard is perfection. Perfect, he's perfect. And it's perfection. Perfection to the law. Every moment of the day, as long as you live. And no one can do that. No one can do that. So we've all sinned and fall short of God's glorious standard. Isaiah 53, 6, For all of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on Him the sins of us all. Proverbs 29, Who can say, I have kept my heart pure? I'm clean, and without sin, none of us can. If we're, if we're honest and real, none of us can. Isaiah 59, 2, It's your sins that have cut you off from God because of your sins. He has turned away and we will not listen anymore. So here's the deal, guys. We're in a bad spot. Humanity, those without Christ are in a bad spot. Humanity is in a very bad spot. But there's hope. There's hope. Luke chapter 2, verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Matthew 1.21, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. 1 Timothy 1.15, Paul says this is a trustworthy saying and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners and I'm the worst of them all. So why did God need to give us his one and only son? To make it possible to have our sins forgiven and thus restore the relationship to bring peace between man and God. So that leads to question number three, and we'll close with this. What is our responsibility? What is our responsibility when it comes to this broken, this broken relationship? Our responsibility is, is really to believe and receive the free gift of eternal life. It's to believe. John 3.16, for this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. What is our responsibility to fix the broken relationship? God wants us to believe in His Son simply to call out to Jesus to save us. Our, our job is this, is to just believe, to believe and really to shout out, Jesus, save me. I was thinking about this, and I, uh, this story came to mind this week, and I couldn't shake it. And I, 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 I want to use this, look at this story as kind of illustrate this point. And this is a wonderful story, and there's a lot of great truths here, but it's kind of a new angle of, of looking at it. You guys remember when Jesus walked on the water? Jesus just uh, uh, did a miracle of the, the miracle feeding of the five thousand. He fed uh, probably more like fifteen to twenty thousand 
people with a little boy's sack lunch. And he gets, they, they want to anoint him as, as their king, but he does, he's not going to be a military king. He is going to be a, uh, a, a, a broken, a uh, sacrif- sacrificial type king, savior. And he, Jesus tells his disciples, hey, go, hey guys, get in the boat and go across the sea, about eight miles. Jesus goes and he, he sits on the, uh, uh, and, and spends time with the Father. He's praying. It's about three in the morning, the disciples, there's a storm that whips up on the, on the sea and the disciples are out there and they're struggling against the wind. They can't get across. And Jesus heads out to the, to his, to the disciples. He's walking out and, he, and they see him and they think he's a ghost. Let, let's pick up here in Matthew 14, 25, 33. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on the water when the disciples saw him walking on the water. Water, They were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I'm here. And Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord. He shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? And when he climbed back in the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. So, this story is wonderful. When you look at, the, when you look at uh, Jesus and uh, it's his sovereignty, he's in control, his power, he's in control over the elements. You, uh, there's uh, teachings on faith here. Uh, there's teachings on keeping your eye on Jesus. But here's how it kind of hit me this week. I just saw what Peter, that Peter's out of the boat, and it's Peter's attempt to get to Jesus. And man's attempt kind of like, it wasn't an attempt for salvation, but I'm just kind of, I just thought of it this way, that man, when man tries something, it just falls short. It's man's, when man tries, just it doesn't happen. And there's Jesus uh, on the water, it, it, as a, just a boss, man, just a boss, in, in total control. And Peter is there, and he's seeking, and, and, and he cries out probably the best prayer that I can find in the Bible, and that is this, Lord, save me. And what does the Lord do? He, he grabs Peter and pulls him up. He rescues so when I, that question is, what is our responsibility? Our responsibility is to cry out to Jesus and say, Lord, save me. I'm, I'm drowning. I'm drowning in my sins. That's all, that's all we're doing. We're, that's, that's our part of it, to say, Lord, save me. God does everything else. God made the way. He went to the cross. He made the way for salvation. He, he stirs it in our hearts. It's his, his work. All we do is just recognize, man, I'm drowning in my sin, and I need, save me, save me, Lord. And so I, 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 I want to close with reading this, this uh, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Amen.
Well, here's what I want to do this morning, you guys, because I want to give someone, people opportunity to respond to the, to the gospel. And maybe you're here today, and maybe you're like me. I, you know, I didn't hear the gospel. I heard the gospel one time um, um, when I was a junior playing on the baseball team. A guy by the name of Donnie Crandall shared the gospel with me. He was a senior. We were coming back from Los Banos that long trip, <laughs> and he... He took advantage of it. He, he sat next to me and shared the gospel with me. And I, I just, it didn't register at that point. And then I heard it later on in college and responded. But I, maybe you're here today and you, you've never responded to the gospel. You never even heard the gospel, maybe. Maybe. And I just want to give you an opportunity to respond to it. I'm going to pray a prayer. And, uh, you know... Um, Church, can we pray this together? Can we do this all together? Um, so let, let's pray this prayer here, okay? If, if you're interested, if you're just, you're serious about, man, today I, today I just, I, I want to give my, my life to the Lord. I'm ready. I'm going to put my trust in Him. Then pray this prayer with me. Pray this prayer with us all together here. Let's pray this. Jesus, I admit that I have sinned and fall short of your glorious standard. I need a Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiveness found in your work on the cross. Jesus, I believe in you. I put my faith and trust in you. Again, in your work on the cross. Not my work, but your work. Jesus, come and fill me with your Spirit. I need your power to do everything you have called me to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Romans 10.9 says this, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And I want to encourage those that prayed that. and Maybe today you, you, it, it's, it, it's just um, solidified for you. You got, you got it. If that is you, I want to encourage you to tell somebody that what you did today. Confess it. Openly declare that you're a believer. I want to encourage you to get baptized. You know, the Bible talk, talks about, you know, strongly being, encourages us to be baptized. Look, we, I know we don't do baptisms till August, but we'll make a special, we'll do a special one for you. <laughs> but man, I really want to encourage you to tell somebody that what you did today, I'd love to hear about it. Tell, you know, uh, young people, tell your mom and dad if that was you today. And again, if you have any questions, always just call the church office. It goes right to my phone. Love to sit down with you and, and, and talk to you what you did and, you know, look at what you did. And so, um, again, uh, let's, let's pray here. Father, I want to thank you so much for uh, this morning. I want to thank you for the gospel message. God, we were in a bad spot. And you, God, you gave this, this wonderful gift your Son, Jesus Christ. 
thank you for pursuing us, Lord. You loved us so much, you just just leave us alone. You came after us, became one of us, suffered a uh, terrible death, Lord, for us. But on the third day, you were raised to life. We have life in you. Thank you, Lord, for this, this simple message. And we thank you for those who, who uh, might have uh, asked you into their hearts today, God. Encourage them, strengthen them, fill them, Lord. We pray this all in your name. Amen.